Hi, this is Farah Osbeck. Welcome back to Military Law and Life Matters, the podcast that arms you with knowledge so you don't become a victim of injustice. So I'm happy to be back again today. Today I'm doing a solo episode. Happy to do some solo episodes again. And um, yeah, so today I'm going to address a question that comes up, not regularly, but it does come up occasionally. And I want to kind of put it to rest, I hope, but it's basically veterans who contact me and say, you know, I want to just change my reenlistment code. I'm going to refer to it as the RE code, which is what it is on your DD-214. And the reason they want to do that is they want to reenlist. They're not so concerned about their narrative reason. They're not so concerned about the characterization of the discharge. They just want to change the RE code because they went to a, to a recruiter and the recruiter said, well, we could, would love to have you, but this is not waivable. Your RE code that they gave you, your service is not waivable. So you need to get it changed. And there's a lot of confusion out there. Like it used to be that there were things written out on the internet that says, well, if you want to just change your RE code, you have to go for, to the board for correction military records. The DRB can't do that. And that is partially correct in that the, you can't go to the DRB just to say, hey, I want to change my RE code. The discharge review board is normal is typically it's a board that will look at the inequity or impropriety of your discharge. So inequity is that means basically like unfairness. It's not a fair, there's something wrong with it. Impropriety is more like a legal error. There were some legal issues with the discharge. Okay. So that's what the discharge review board looks at. So if they feel there's an inequity or impropriety, they're going to change your narrative reason, perhaps. They're going to change your um, characterization of discharge, right? And then th they may also, they can also, just to tell you, they can also change your RE code. So the answer is they can do that. And I'm going to give you the sites for that. But if you're just going to the DRB to say, just change my RE code, and you don't give them any evidence of why your discharge was inequitable, guess what they're going to do? They're like, we don't, you know, they won't even board your case. Probably they'll send it back to you. And I, I don't know when they're going to do that. It might take months for you to get an answer. So, okay. So, but then they'll say, um, well, you got to go to the board for correction military records because they're the ones who could solely, and it's true, the board for correction military records or naval records is the one board. If you ask for your RE code to be changed, they can look at it. They have jurisdiction, but you have to also show inequity or impropriety. They're not going to just change it because, uh, we'll just change it because you want to reenlist. Okay. So I'm going to step back a little and let me show you the proof that the discharge review boards do have a, the authority to change your discharge. Um, so I looked at all the websites for the army, the Navy, the air force. I even looked at the coast guard. Now remember the coast guard is not under the department of defense. It's under the department of Homeland security, but in their website. Um, but I I've actually had a couple of clients, not, Coast Guard is not so common in terms of, um, you know, it's not as big, but I did actually have two or three clients from the Coast Guard and went to the Discharge Review Board, which is in, in Washington, D.C., um, for the Discharge Review Board. But, okay, so going to the DRB. So the Air Force Discharge Review Board has a website, and I actually posted these websites on my You'll see it on my show notes, but it discusses, you know, when it says that DRB affords former Air Force Air National Guard and Air Force Reserve members the opportunity to request a review of their discharge. It also says the objective of the DRB is to examine the applicant's discharge and consider changing the characterization of service, the reason for discharge, and the reenlistment eligibility code when applicable. Okay, so for the RE code, it says when applicable based on standards of propriety or equity. Again, remember I said it's 
propriety, impropriety, or inequity. So check. The Air Force Discharge Review Board does have the authority to change your RE code. I'm going to discuss like the details a little bit after, but check. They can do that. Army Discharge Review Board, again, that's on the show notes. Um, it says if a former soldier can provide evidence the RE code is an error or unjust, the soldier can apply to the Army Board for Correction of Military Records, right? So they're saying if you want to change your RE code, go to the Board for Correction of Military Records. But they say if the former soldier can provide evidence of their discharge character or reason for discharge issued in the last 15 years are erroneous or unjust, the former soldier can apply to the can apply to the Army Discharge Review Board for a discharge review and a request that their RE code be changed according to the correct reason for discharge. Check. The Army acknowledges they have the authority to change it. Similar language. I really like the Navy's language the best in terms of when they talk about how they can change the RE code. It's a little bit the most clear and, and detailed. So the Navy Discharge Review Board, one of their websites um, I posted, it says, Additionally, the Navy Discharge Review Board is authorized to change an applicant's reenlistment code if related to an accompanying change in discharge characterization or narrative reason, but this authority is strictly limited to those cases where the applicant's narrative reason or characterization of discharge is changed, and that change warrants revision of the previously issued reenlistment code. Before I go back to like discussing that, let me just quickly tell you the Coast Guard website also says they have just a general thing that tells you that you comply to the home, um, Coast Guard Discharge Review Board and they have the authority to make several changes, including character of service, um, separation, authority separation, um, reentry code, the narrative reason, and discharge characterization. So basically, the Coast Guard even has the authority. Okay, so... That just gave you the basically black and white, does the discharge review would have authority, okay? It does. But what is it really based on? I think the Navy's explanation kind of makes the most, is the clearest, if it could be clear. It's kind of saying if you apply to any of these boards and you're saying your discharge was unjust, inequitable, imp improper, the two codes or the words are it was not equitable, inequity, or it was imp impropriety, they call it improper, like a legal type issue. Then, and we're going to change, for example, your narrative reason, or we're going to change your characterization. Then we can change your code accordingly, kind of in accordance with the fact that the Air Force or the Army or the Navy or the Coast Guard made an error when they discharge you in how they either characterize your service or the narrative reason. For example, if it was like drug abuse or failure, you failed your CDCs, right? You know, the class, your on-the-job training uh, test you take. And that's what it's called in the Air Force. So they're saying if we made a mistake, if the boards made, if the Air Force made a mistake, for example, in that discharge, then accordingly, we will match the RE code to the correct um RE code based on the type of discharge we're changing it to. So it's really not black and white. It depends. And, you know, sometimes they just change the narrative reason. Sometimes they don't change the, this characterization of the discharge. So it's really pretty tough if you don't have both of, in my opinion, in my professional opinion, now this is not like a hundred percent in every case, but in my opinion, your highest chance of getting your RE code changes, if they not only change your characterization, but your narrative reason, because they're acknowledging, oh, this shouldn't even be called drug abuse based on what happened here. Oh, this shouldn't even be called, you know, failure to progress on the job training based on what you told us veteran based on your discharge circumstances 
circumstances and what you prove to us. So based on the fact that these two things were incorrect or unfair, we're going to change your RE code. But let's say, um, you know, just a generalization. I've had clients, a lot of clients, on, you know, where I was able to change their discharges, sometimes from an OTH to an honorable, sometimes from an OTH to a general discharge under honorable conditions for drug abuse. And it was related to, you know, all those memos that you probably heard of the CURTA memo, the Wilkie memo, that's DOD guidance. This is guidance given by the Department of Defense, basically stating that, you know, please boards, you know, no, they don't say please, but they say boards, you know, when you're looking at these cases, applicants, uh, cases from these veterans, you should really consider giving liberal guidance, um, liberal, I'm sorry, liberal application to these applications uh, based on the fact that the person maybe had a mental health condition in, such as PTSD and all, or TBI, or they were a victim of sexual assault or sexual harassment, or they had any other mental health condition that actually contributed. And there was a nexus to the misconduct. And, you know, the easiest example to give is use of marijuana. A veteran uses marijuana. They used it after the deployment to Iraq and Afghanistan. They were there like, let's say one or two, three deployments sometimes. And they say, okay, we're not going to change your narrative reason from drug abuse to Secretary of authority, but we're going to change your characterization to an honorable because, wow, like you were deployed like three times, like three years of your life, one year of your life. You really, you know, underwent a lot of hardship in what you saw and did. And we're going to change it to an honorable. And, you know, in that case, they're probably not going to change your RE code to allow reenlistment, but they'll change, you know, the, the narrative, um, They'll change the characterization because they know, although you can't ask for a discharge upgrade to get VA benefits, the boards know that. So, I mean, they can't just upgrade it because, oh, you're not getting benefits, but they certainly know that in order to get VA benefits, you need a general under honorable conditions. So, I mean, I'm giving you kind of this, let me give you the example about CDC. So I had a, a couple of clients actually that they, you know, were discharged for, I forget what it was called, um, failure to progress on the job training, but it was due to failed. They weren't passing their CDCs. It was, you know, the little training that books and they get training in whatever career field they, they were in. And I had a couple of clients. One was the medical field, one was kind of computer field. And basically they weren't getting the guidance. They weren't giving the, the unit was not following the regulations where there's someone who needs to actually like work with them. They need to get feedback. These things were not happening. So both of those clients actually, now they got general discharges and they didn't get OTHs for that, but they got general, but they were both upgraded to an honorable discharge. Um, and their, and their reason narrative reason was also changed from the, I forget the language. It was a while ago, but you know, fail it failure to progress and it sounds like a negative thing on your um, DD-214, but they change it to secretarial authority, which is very generic. It, it just means, you know, the Air Force or whatever service authorize your discharge. So it doesn't have a negative connotation such as misconduct or failure to progress, et cetera. Those cases, um, I think one, one actually, they changed the RE code. In fact, it was one of my favorite cases because they changed the RE code and the individual veteran actually was able to re-enlist and actually eventually became an officer. And he inv actually invited me to his um, commissioning ceremony, but it was pretty far away. I would have loved to gone. It was just a fun case that I did, but it was far away and I wasn't available to go at that time. Uh, but he was, he was so happy. He's, he's in the air force now as an officer, but I digress. That was just a fun case. I wish I could tell you more details about it, but it was just a really interesting case. 
Anyway, so in his case, his RE code was changed. But again, it wasn't like the crime of the century. You know, they just said he wasn't progressing. But we found, you know, we showed that it was incorrect um, what they what the unit did, that they weren't they didn't correctly discharge him because they didn't do things they were supposed to do. The other individual was in a medical career field, and there was also problems with that discharge. And she was able to get her discharge um, changed to an honorable from a general. And also the the narrative reason was change of secretarial authority. But in that case, they did not change the RE code. So what I'm trying to say, it's like, it's just not black and white. What is black and white is they do, the discharge review boards do have the authority to change your RE code, but it depends. Like, right, we lawyers like to use that language. We always say it depends, but it's true. It just depends on your facts and circumstances. And, you know, when I talk to veterans who call me, you know, I, that's the first thing I tell them. Like if they say something about the RE code, that's like the hardest thing to change. But if there's like just such clear injustice and nothing you did was the crime of the century and they made a mistake and you're like someone that they can you can perhaps reenlist, they'll change it. I've seen ones change to an RE code that is not, does not, like they change the RE code, but it's not changed to a code that allows you to automatically re-enlist, but it's waivable. So that's the those are the cases where the um, service can waive it. So the recruiter would have to go to the service, you know, whatever service and ask, hey, can you waive this RE code? So it's not so bad. So um, yeah, I don't know if, I just really hope that explained it to you as far as it, they do have the authority, but it just really depends. So for, for those people who are like, I don't even have a basis to change my, my uh, narrative reason. I don't have a basis of inequity or impropriety to change my characterization of discharge, but I want to just change it, my RE code, because I want to serve. I loved my service. I want to serve my country. Please, and, and these cases, by the way, the veteran is like, time is of the essence. Either they're you know, coming towards the age limit to enlist, et cetera, or they don't, they want to do this as soon as possible. And I tell them, like, even if you go to any of these boards, it's got, it's, this is not like a one month process. You know, if we, if we mailed it in today, it could be a year, it could be more, you know, it just depends. They, the services do have a lot of cases. I mean, they, they, they get lots of them, right? There's lots of veterans who want to change their discharge. So the reason I was talking about, you know, the, going to the BCMR, if you just want to change that, you still have to, the Board for Correction of Military Records, right? If you go to them and say, I want to re-enlist, they don't have, they're not going to just say, oh, we're going to, that you still have to prove to them, right? Their basis is basically um, in unjust um, justice or, or um, it's basically, again, legal error or justice. So it's legal error and justice, which is really the same standard as the DRB. They just use different terminology, but it's the same thing. It was unjust that there was legal error. So it's error on, or injustice or injustice. I would say that. So basically, um, yeah. So you have to still show that. So if, so let's say you had legal error. Well, you certainly shouldn't be going to the DR, BCMR if you have legal error. You might as well, if you're in if your discharge was less than 15 years ago, you should go to the DRB because they're going to, if it's, if it was legal error, you're probably going to get everything changed. Like legal error is really not that common. So if there is some legal error in your discharge, you're going to get everything changed. And the several cases I had a legal error, everything was changed, frankly. Like that's a very, a good case. If I see legal error, I'm like, I almost say, yep, we're going to get your discharge changed. But again, there's, those are not that common. The un injustice part is if there's injustice in your case, well, basically 
you have to show that you don't just say, well, this is unjust because I want to reenlist. You have to show why it was unjust. And that's why I go back to this thing of if there is some injustice in your case, then you might as well go to the DRB because they're going to look at the fact that your case was unjust and perhaps change your narrative um, reason or your discharge characterization and maybe your RE code. So, um, you know, so because if you just go to the BCMR, you, you really need to show them if you if you are discharged within 15 years ago, if you go to the BCMR, they're going to automatically think, well, you need to go to the DRB. So you have to make it very clear to them, no, I'm not going to be able to go to the DRB for my service because I have no basis for the inequity or impropriety for the um, characterization or the narrative reason, but my RE code was wrong or, I mean, it's going to be a hard, a hard argument because if you, again, you do need a basis unless they just made a flat out error in your RE code, it doesn't match whatever your discharge reason was. So, um, yeah, I hope I made this a little clear. I think it's one of those cases where know that you can go to the DRB, but you may want to, you know, when you're considering if it's the RE code you're hung up on, because most of my clients, actually most people that contact me, they're not hung up on the RE code. The ones that are, are because they're like, they want to come back in. But a lot of them, you know, involves the, the DOD memo guidance. That's like 50% of them. And there's a lot of them that were discharged, frankly, a long time ago. So they're probably not going to be, re, you know, re-enlisting based on their, um, the fact that it's been over 15 years. And by the way, it's been, if it's been over 15 years, then you know, you have to go to the BCMR, right? The DRB just have jurisdiction for discharges that were within 15 years from the date you apply. So in those cases, you have no choice. DRB is not, you go directly to the BCMR and then you can ask for anything, right? You can ask for all the changes to everything. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the guidance. I hope that makes sense. But basically, if your case involves something where you're really looking at a change to the RE code, you should probably, you know, talk to someone, you know, talk to a lawyer who might be able to give you some advice on, well, yeah, you might have a basis to, you know, for your RE code based on the in inequity or impropriety for the discharge itself. In that case, you should probably go to the DRB. Yeah, you're going to have to wait a bit, but that's kind of how, how it works. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's the, I hope that answers this question. Again, if you have questions, you, you might want to talk to a lawyer, but uh, that's, that's the rule. You can go to the DRB of each service and the Coast Guard to change your RE code, but it really is something that happens in accordance with them changing the characterization and the narrative reason as well as, as the boards, as I read that guidance to you. So that is it. I hope it's clear, maybe clear as mud, but it it really depends. I hate to say that jokingly, but it really depends. It's not a black and white answer. It really depends on all the facts. The main thing I tell you, the facts and circumstances really drive the, the outcome in anyone's case. So, all right. Well, I think I've said enough about that. Let me just talk about my, you know, general guidance. I always say, if you have any issue, whether it's a discharge review board case or an officer grade determination or any other issue you're dealing with, or you're being court-martialed or you're, 
you know, facing a civilian issue, you know, the best thing is to get an extra opinion um, when you're facing difficult, difficult legal issues in your life, consulting with an attorney who specializes in the matter will give you insight into your legal issue. And really that person, if they're an expert at, in your area, if they have a lot of experience, they can help you give you some strategic, you know, guidance, a plan. Like sometimes it's not even like legal advice, but a strategic guidance of, oh, okay, this is what I recommend you look into. These are the things to consider, like collateral consequences. These are collateral consequences of a legal issue that may not be you know, the legal issue itself, but the consequences when you take action A or B. Uh, because I really believe if you ignore a problem, it's not going to make it go away. Rarely would it make it go away, but uh, you know, it's better to like confront it head on with a smart counsel, an expert in the area who can give you peace of mind. And then you can get closure one way or the other. You may choose not to even get into the matter or apply to a board, but you, you just want closure. If it's kind of eating at you, closure is a good thing. It'll give you some peace of mind. Um, so um, another thing, that's the last thing I want to say about that, but I want to also say, please share this podcast with people who can benefit. You know, there's a military community. A lot of people are not aware of the podcast. There's different subjects we covered that people might, uh, you know, military community veterans or active duty members might benefit. So if you can like, go on the iTunes and give it a, a five-star rating, if you can, and then help share that podcast with people you know as well, tell them about it, and then uh, hopefully they can get some benefit from it. Um, so I want to end it with this. Um, this is my little life lesson quote. I, I might have mentioned this in the past, but there's a this I've mentioned maybe some similar quotes, but I really like this one quote I saw. Um, I can't remember where or who said it, but it said that life is a game where all the winners are long-term thinkers. And I am such a big believer in long-term thinking in, in almost any area of life. It's so much better when you're taking any action to think of the long-term consequences and not just like have a knee-jerk reaction um, and, and take act, make dis decisions based on like instant gratification or whatever, and not thinking of the consequences. The people who are winners in life and in, in work and everything are really long-term thinkers and think of like, okay, how is this going to affect me in the long-term? How is this going to help me in the long-term? How is this thing that I do or my decision going to hurt me in the long-term? How is it going to help me in the short-term? But then this thing that helps you in the short-term will hurt you in the long-term. So I think it's generally better to be a long-term thinker. And I love that quote. So think about that. Life is a game where all the winners are long-term thinkers. So um, yeah, winners in life are long-term thinkers who have patience, who keep plugging away or whatever they're doing, whatever their goal, they keep plugging away. They're not looking at like victory tomorrow because it doesn't happen that way. You have to put into work. I talked about that in another interview. Like you got to put in the work. You have to put, like you have to put in the work, like nothing just happens miraculously unless you put in the work. So think long-term and don't, and keep plugging away. Don't give up. So this leads to my last thing. I always in my podcast is I always say, please never, ever give up because there was always hope. And I look forward to talking to you next time. Take care.